Welcome to the Dipshit Files. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And this is our second episode, but really it's the first real episode. Yes. And this week we have Ed Kemper, Joachim Kroll, and Josef Fritzl. Mm-hmm. And they all suck. Yeah. They're all pretty much right in the same area as far as monsters. But mm-hmm. Joseph Fritzl, he wasn't even a serial killer. Nope. But he was so wicked, such yeah. a piece of shit, that he's actually the highest of the day. Yeah. So this podcast is not scat cast speed. Dumb. It's not even Dave and Angus speed. Or Chase the Bash speed. Shut up. It's normal human speed. Normal-ish. And Mrs. Scriptkeeper is going to lead you on a journey through three of the fucking most twisted minds in the history of minds. Yep. This is a bit of a longer format of a mm. podcast than what we normally do. Dumb. So make sure you grab something to drink, yep. grab a snack, and let's dive in. Fuck yeah. See you on the other side of this bullshit. <laughs> Howdy, wife. Well, hello. And howdy, uh, all of you. Welcome to episode two <laughs> of The Dipshit Files. The Dipshit Files, I yes. am Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And we've got three shitheads that we're going to tell you about today. Yes, we do. Dipshits, if you will. <laughs> and we're going to rate them in a weird way that we think is going to teach us about overall, when we're done with this entire series of mm-hmm. podcasts, who the most dangerous cunts that ever lived were, mm-hmm. as far as serial killers, mm-hmm. tyrants, mm-hmm. and we're also going to see who was given the most uh, media bullshit, mm-hmm. and the least amount, and maybe who deserves to be told to be, that they're cunts more. <laughs> maybe somebody should make a movie so that they... They need a dipshit button. Right. And uh, we're going to go from there. We're going to do three new ones today. We had three last week. We hope you listened to episode one. You can kind of see what our plan is with the dipshit meters. Mm -hmm. But uh, this week we've got three famous ones. We're not going to do famous ones very often, but just to get the feel of the meter and to get some benchmarks out there. Mm Because we already have Albert Fish's monster numero uno. He's the guy to beat. Uh, But we don't really know who the best, who, who was given the most media uh, lore and, and coverage overall. Right. And well, as we'll we continue, we're going to be digging through history as well. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of media uh, right. on some of the individuals that we're going to be covering. So these scores are going to be kind of, well, some of them are going to be unexpected. And some of them won't matter. Right. Some of them, it's like, well, there was no media in the mm-hmm. 14th century that mattered. So it's, who cares? Yeah, and, but, it's, but it's really, the thing that's most interesting is how dangerous were these people, mm-hmm. you know, to just a random person. I think mm-hmm. that's the most dangerous possible is like acting out in a brutal way, having cruelty, mm-hmm. doing terrible things to the body afterwards, but planning it out. Mm-hmm. You know, who was the most violent person right. and dangerous to all of us? Anyway, from there. So today we're doing Ed Kemper. Mm-hmm. We're doing Joachim Kroll. Mm-hmm. And we're doing Joseph Fritzl. Yes. And hi, wife. Well, How hello. Are you? I'm doing really good. I got my coffee. Yeah. Got my paperwork, got my stories. You got all your stories. And, and mm-hmm. you know, she's the lead researcher on all this stuff. This is her forte when it comes to a lot of the things that she's interested in. <laughs> and uh, I'm, un- I'm interested in understanding the psychology of humans. Murder porn. And, uh, you know, all humans. Right. I like understanding uh, why people do what they do, how they do, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we're fo- our focus here is on understanding or at least trying to understand 
uh, where the dipshits are coming from. Right. And in a scat cast <clears throat> kind of right, way. Right, right. And it doesn't, mean, are, doesn't yeah. mean we're going to be relating to them. Right. And it, we're not experts. No. We are just no. interested folk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many great podcasts out there to listen to if you really want deep dives. Monique's listened to a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a connoisseur of sorts. Uh, I obviously researched for one of them for, you know, three years. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of experience in... in Malt, I mean, a lot of these people, I haven't memorized all of it. I, mm-hmm. I can't say that. So I'm refreshing as we go through this. But her and I both have come to this pretty honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, human action is a very very much a fascination for both of us. Mm-hmm. It really is. And when it comes to cruelty and some of the, the criminal minds involved in this, whether it's high level or low level, it's mm-hmm. all very interesting. Well, it's it, you know, it's interesting when we're talking about people, talking to people, meeting new people, hearing stories, or just learning about history. So many times I'm like, what the fuck? Right. And I want to know why, what the fuck? Because my brain never would have gone there. I know, like not in a, a no. can imagine a universe where it works like, that way. I don't what? know anybody that thinks that way, <laughs> I don't think. Right, and that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Because it's like, wow, you are so different from me. Mm-hmm. And the way I think, why is that? Right. Where, what got you there? Right, and I have a feeling that you guys also feel that way yeah, too, listen. Right. And that's why we, we very much encourage you to, you'll see as we go, mm-hmm. if you listen to episode one, these dipshit meters are basically the foundation of the show. We, we mm-hmm. want to see in the numbers, in the stats, what these people are. Right. But we encourage you guys to grade it yourselves mm-hmm. and be a part of the amalgamation that we're going to do at the end. We're going to mm-hmm. put it all together. That's probably not the right word I wanted, but Amal- we're going to, uh, <laughs> we're going to add all of yours together, average it out and find out what I think the real, uh, the real number would be the right. real dipshit meter number mm-hmm. for danger of these people and their, the media legend that has been created. Right. Well, atrocity of the media anyway, essentially what we've done is we've created a, uh, a meter and we're adding our opinions to it mm-hmm. and how we see it. Uh, and the more data we can add to that meter, the more, the closer to, um, real, yeah. the closer to fact, I guess we we're going to be able to get. I like further from wrong. I've yeah, always liked there that we statement. Go. Further from wrong. Well, both are the same. That sounds good. Very much so. So you guys get the idea. Mm-hmm. All we're going to do is we're going to talk about Ed Kemper. We're going to tell you a little bit about his story. Mm-hmm. Also, you can listen to him on Time Suck and, and get a, a funny, in-depth view. But yeah. you're going to get a couple little stories in case you've never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to do the dipshit meter. And then we're going to do that for Joachim Kroll. And we're going to do that for Joseph Fritzl. And then we're going to tell you bye. And we'll see you next week kind of thing. <laughs> but in, until then, let's enjoy our time together, shall yes. we? Yes. And we begin with Ed Kemper. Dipshit number one. All right. So Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper uh, was also known as the co-ed killer. Uh, he's a he's a serial killer from California. Right. Um, his, I don't know much about him. Well, Ed Kemper... I wasn't there for Time Suck when, when Ed Kemper came out. Well, he had, te- Ted, <laughs> he had 10 victims. Okay. Okay. Uh, he didn't operate for very long, though. That was a crazy thing. He was smart, wasn't he? he wasn't was, he a high IQ yes, guy? Yes. He was very... He Yes. And he I remember the FBI... Guy. We did an FBI suck where he was a big part of their that yeah. first unit of, of trying to, you know, stereotype. I can't remember the exact word, but uh, trying to basically figure out what kind of mm-hmm. criminals would do this kind of thing. And he was their first study on it. Right. He, but, he threw, he threw them through the, through a, a whole gamut of stuff because he didn't fit um, because right. he was so smart. And he fucked with them too. Didn't he, he did. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a, a absolute BSU. What is it? Behavior science unit. Behavioral or like science yeah. unit. Yeah. But it's, it's the criminal profile. Criminal profiling. Yeah. There we go. You know, 
Come on, guys. Criminal. It's early for me. I'm usually up at 4 a.m. It's 2.15 p.m. <laughs> that, we're re- that we're recording this. So this is a... Uh, All right. So I'm going to I'm gonna go me. into a little bit of a story here Dig to it. give Ed our Camper. listeners uh, some backstory here. So his name is Edmund Emil Kemper III, and he was born December 18th, 1948. Emil? Emil. Well, that's a reason to kill people right there. He didn't like his mother. <laughs> so it must have been like, you shouldn't have named me that. All right, fair enough. Go ahead. So he started his criminal life as a teenager, which is kind of interesting. So he was a troubled kid, um, but smart. He's one Uh, of the first serial, one of the few serial killers that started killing when they were young, got in trouble, were released, Mm -hmm. and then just kept on killing. Yep. Yeah. So basically, he killed his grandparents. He shot them um, while he was living with them on uh, their 17-acre ranch in Norfolk, California. Uh, So basically, he got caught for that. And he was incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later, he killed and dismembered six female hitchhikers in the Santa Cruz, California area. So it's kind of... We we lived right there. I know, we did. Well... uh, You lived there during the... No. Were you there during the time? Date of murder, 64, 72, 73. No. No, I was born born in 73. Yeah. Yeah. So it happened before I was born. Yes. So... Basically, um, he then turned around and he murdered his mother and one of her friends before he turned himself in. So I'm going to go through some details here. His early life, he was born in Burbank, California, to Clarnell Stage and Edmund Emil Kemper Jr. Ah, he's a third. Yes. I have a theory about thirds. He is a third. He is thirds a third. don't like being thirds. <laughs> being a third is a fucking, it's a nightmare. It's a burden. People don't like it. I have a cousin that's a third. He's like, uh... No, he likes mm. it. He doesn't mind it. So he was very he intelligent. <laughs> he was very intelligent with an IQ of 136. However, he displayed sociopathic behavior from a young age. He tortured and killed animals, acted out bizarre sexual rituals with his sister's dolls, mm. and once said that in order to kiss a teacher he had a crush on, he'd have to kill her first. Mm. So that, he watched a movie or something. He must shit. have. He must have. So worsening the situation was Kemper's mother, who well, cons- did go off to kill people. So okay, fucking he, <laughs> he probably meant it. But most people, when they say that kind of thing, it's like, oh, he probably saw some fucking. So movie. his his mother made things worse because she constantly berated and humiliated him, often often making him sleep in a locked basement due to fear that he was going to molest his sisters. Right, so, so you know. Huh. What do you do as a parent in right. that situation where you're like, well, he's going to keep doing it and yeah. the police, what can they do? But he held and his, he held his mother accountable for making him sleep in a locked basement because he was dangerous. And it's an interesting, I know it's an it's interesting. It's always that. It's always somebody else is doing this to me and that they never like, oh, it's cause I'm a fucking piece of shit. Was that sociopathic behavior? Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's interesting. Um, so August 27th, 1964, uh, Edmund Kemper shot his grandmother while she sat at the kitchen table putting the finishing touches on her latest children's book. Oh, man. I know. That's some irony right there. Yeah. So when his grandfather came home from the grocery store, uh, Kemper then turned and shot him as well. He then called his mom, who What's urged... That's the logical thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, he kind of didn't want to get caught. Yeah, and criminal, it makes sense. So then Ed called his mom, and she urged him to call the police. Uh, when questioned, he said that he just wanted to see what it felt li- like to kill grandma. Fuck me running. Right. Bro. Isn't that weird? That's yeah. chilling. Uh, and that he killed his grandpa because he knew that he would be angry at him for what he'd done to his grandmother. He was only 15 at the time. He's 15 years old. You know, curious, curiosity got me into a lot of trouble when I was young. <laughs> Nothing like trouble. this. No, that's, a, that's another level. I mean, I never once in my life wondered what it would feel like to hurt anything. 
Well, I, I remember, I think most boys go through that period where you're like, okay, well, what? I think most humans go through that where they figure out empathy. And, you know, well, animals I, are the first step I remember, to that. I remember. And brothers and sisters and shit. When I learned empathy. I remember the day I learned empathy. Um, I think I was a month shy of being two. And it's it's not. A, Took that long? It's not. Weak. It's not a super. Bullshit, bro. It's not a super clear memory, but it's more like a dreamlike state. But I have the memory. Mm-hmm. Of throwing rocks at my dog's face. Oh, oh so I've I heard could, this story. So I could hear it yelp. Snickers or some shit. Stickers. Stickers. Yes. Fucking guy. You named the dog Stickers. That's the well, worst like, thing. We named him Stickers because when my parents rescued him, he was covered in these uh, burrs that yeah. they had to have pulled out. You but You should have named him Rock to the Facers. <laughs> oh. That's what was. That's what was coming for him. I wasn't even two yet. I was throwing rocks. At I'm the dog still so going to judge you. He was like a squeaky toy in you my head. You might be sweet to animals now, but how dare you? And my mom sat next to. Two-year-old monster. I remember her basically bringing my attention to the fact of what would it feel like if somebody threw rocks at your face? And then she pummeled you with rocks. Because <laughs> <laughs> she read the Bible and was like, stoned by children that stoned the dog. And fuck yeah. No, no, no. And the lesson learned. And she's a great person now. And so the lesson I, uh, is stone your children outside of town. <laughs> Amen. So I learned empathy. I learned empathy just before I was two. Fuck yeah. Um, anyways. I still don't have empathy. Obviously. So, that's why Scatcast exists. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to continue here. We're talking so, about sociopaths. I know about those. Go ahead. Kemper continue. was committed to a Tascadero State Hospital where mm-hmm. he befriended his psychologist and even became his assistant. That's crazy. He's a fucking patient. Yeah. Uh, he was intelligent like, enough. Th- he was officially his assistant. Like the, the yeah. doctor's like, yeah, he's that smart and he good and he doesn't need a degree. No. And no. Give him the security badge. Should we get him a company car? Was it that level? or No. Okay. Kind of. Um, no, he didn't get security badges. He didn't get a company car. Oh, he didn't he get a certification. He was filing. He got free lunches, though, didn't he? He, he was there to help um, organize paperwork. He was filing things in the filing cabinet. Is this cabinets. like a Shawshank Redemption he kind of thing? He had access to patient records, and that's the it crazy is. thing. So he was right. intelligent enough to gain trust from the doctor to the extent of being allowed access to prisoners' tests. Letting a patient know what the other fucking... Right. In- oh, that's Hi. brilliant. Uh, with the knowledge he gained from his quote-unquote apprenticeship, okay. he eventually was able to impress the doctor at the hospital enough to let him go. Woo. I know, right? So he was released into his mother's care in Santa Cruz, California. Wait, wait. After killing how many people? Two. Oh, just the gr- grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Oh, this is... Okay. This yeah. is before... No, no, no. Oh, okay. it gets better. Okay. Oh, it fucking gets better. Oh, God. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, he was released from the hospital, released into the custody of his mom in Santa Cruz, California, against wishes of the several doctors at the hospital. But he was still released. So, Kemper later... Hindsight. Demon- hindsight. Just kills the story. It's like, oh, oh we all oh. think we think you screwed up pretty bum, bad, bum, bum. Doc. <laughs> Fucking, what other decisions did you make? Let's take a look. Kemper later demonstrated further to the psychologist that he was well, and not <laughs> only managed to convince the doctors he was reformed, but to have his juvenile records sealed forever as well. Jesus, isn't that crazy? Okay, so so grandma's a, doesn't matter. It did, she was wrote, coming right for me. Legally, that, that defense. Legally, nobody even knew about it. it his his Ridiculous. juvenile records were sealed. So, let us know in the comments where you where you guys <laughs> land on that kind of shit. <laughs> right? Like truth is truth. Truth should be truth. Yes. We we change as people for sure. But mm-hmm. crying out loud, lady, like we the, should have a, grandma and grandpa deserve. As to, a, to have their as memory. adults, we should have a basic understanding that people do grow. 
and they morph and they change yes. as they gain perspective, which is usually years, right? Right. Um, as you grow up, your brain changes, your perspective changes, you learn from lessons from uh, your past mistakes and that sort of thing. However, there are certain patterns of behavior that are dangerous and should never be expunged or sealed because it has been shown that sociopathic behavior does not disappear. Right. It doesn't. No, it's ingrained. It's it, part of the... And now whether it's nature or nurture, that's still on the fence, but that type of behavior doesn't go away. Right. Um, it becomes more entrenched. It becomes more ingrained in the brain and in behaviors. So You know where I think on the nature nurture. I do. And, and well, to clarify for the listener... I, I think it's the majority of our personality comes from your genes. Right. It really is something well, you can tell a child. You can tell the bully child mm-hmm. when they're very little. Oh, absolutely. And you can tell the ones that are not, that empathy is not going to stick. Very well, we're going to cover this um, in these episodes too, because it is my opinion and I'm no psychiatrist. I'm no psychologist. Same I'm no psychotherapist. I'm an um, expert in everything. <laughs> I'm here to tell y'all what the hell I know. No, However, I do have uh, a theory in my own brain. Hypothesis. <clears throat> a hypothesis. There we go. <laughs> Thank know. you. Um, but in my own brain that uh, individuals come to this place um, with little, I guess, uh, plugs. Little, uh, how, what would you call that? It's like a <clears throat> an access panel with plugs. Right. And the more things that get plugged into this access panel, the more it programs your behavior. Yeah. So okay. those experiences that you experience as a child. Yeah. It turns um, shit on. Right. It turns. It's it in your flips, genes. It makes it, it so you react. things on. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. But not Maybe. everybody's panel's the same. Um, some people come with different switches. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, and you can come to this planet as a, with a ingrained sociopathic behavior. And right. that is who you are. But you didn't have the experiences to switch you on fully, so you're just an asshole. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> like mo- I would say, 99 percent mm-hmm. of sociopaths are They're probably just pricks just- and difficult to deal with. <laughs> they might not even be pricks. <laughs> they, might, they just don't care whether or not you like them or not. That's well, really I, I kind of. That's it's deeper than that. It, they also don't care if you die. Assholes. Or, you they're know, assholes. That, that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's really the psychopaths that are the most concerning. But even a lot of psychopaths, they don't want to be uncomfortable, so right. they don't go out killing people because they know somebody's going to find out. They right. know they're not smart enough. They might think they're smart enough, but they know deep down they're not smart enough well, to get away with of, murdering folk. For right, and the study of criminal psychology so is trying to understand why all of these people have the same traits and the same behaviors, mm-hmm. but only this group actually acted on it so right. what made them different right and exactly. so and that could be very much so in that I, i'd say 80 percent genes and 20 percent nurture yeah. it could be where the nurture came in yeah. where those experiences came in because think how much nurture is mm-hmm. like i'm not trying to dispel that or like minimize that 20 mm-hmm. percent of of who you are all of that is our language our mm-hmm. culture our customs our fucking mm-hmm. our, our little patterns that we get into oftentimes follow just cultural things mm-hmm. you know our genes reaction to those cultural things but anyway well, what the know, fuck and, do and i if, know and if you divide um if you divide the the phases of life you know from birth to toddler it's uh security mm-hmm. um from toddler to uh preteen it's stability and mm-hmm. uh understanding of self testing and, shit out yeah, right and then the from um preteen to a young adult area it's that sexual awakening and power 
And then from adulthood, you you know, you go on to these other you things. You just become a, even more. So recovered. those key moments that happen, whether they be traumas or abuses or shock, any of those things that happen within those building blocks of your personality, mm-hmm. if you have these plugs and you have these, you, you came here with sociopathic tendencies mm-hmm. and then you have these experiences that switch those plugs on. Yeah. You know, it doesn't be mean, nice to your sociopath. If you're like, you know, <laughs> I've have a diagnosis and basically my kid's a sociopath. Like, fuck yeah. Be nice to him. <laughs> Respect the fact that they don't care if you live or die. It's not their fault. Yeah. Well, but just be nice to him. And it's that as a parent. They know right from wrong. They definitely, I mean. It's very difficult. They know right from wrong, but. I'm, I'm being very flippant about I know you advice. are. Yeah. I Forgive know Forgive me, are. folks. I'm, yeah, don't I'm, give, don't give parenting advice. Don't take scat cast guy fucking serious. Don't give parenting advice on the dipshit files. Right. Exactly. Okay. I'm, I need to. Ed con- Kemper con- story continues. Yes. Yes. So, um, basically Kemper worked a series of odd jobs before securing work at the state of California's department of public works, which is Caltrans. Mm-hmm. Okay. So by this time, he had reached the height of six feet, nine inches tall. I didn't know that. Big fucking guy. I knew he was big, but that's... He weighed more than 300 pounds. Hmm. So between May of 1972 and February of 1973, Kemper embarked on a spree of murders, picking up female students hitchhiking, taking them to isolated rural areas, and killing them. He would stab, shoot, or smother the victims, and afterwards take the bodies back to his apartment, where he would have sex with them and dissect them. Now, I'm going to have a flag stake in the ground here. Okay. Um, There has been debate whether he actually had sex with, whether he was actually uh, performed necrophilia, which is sex after death. Is this more media shit? Potentially. Um, And it's very difficult for me to form an opinion on this because he admits to it. And then he retracts his admittance. So, so much bullshit in the trial and all those but interviews. But let's yeah. not forget, Ed Kemper is a brilliant human and a master manipulator. So much so that he got his psychiatrist to be Mother. his friend and he was let out. And he got his records sealed. So it's a difficult one for me. Did it happen? I don't know. I did research and I, I never found definitive proof that he did this. Now, maybe I missed it somewhere, but... Uh, as far as yeah, uh, let us know. Yeah, I mean, info you know, at scatcast So, anyways, moving on, uh, he would dump the bodies in ravines or bury them in fields. Although on one case, one occasion, he buried the severed head of a 15-year-old girl in his mother's garden as a kind of a sick joke. Later, remarking that his mother <laughs> always wanted people to look up to her. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? It's insane, insane. Guys, well, you know. Anyways, so. He killed six college girls, including two students from UC Santa Cruz, where his mother worked, and one from Cabrillo College. Okay, so this is another interesting thing here. This, his killings revolved around the relationship that he had with his mom. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to find is that his killings were uh, kind of directly related to fights he had with his mother. That is weird. And, and you know, and he chose like most of his students, uh, most of the killings were from students, were of students that went to the college that his mom taught at or worked uh, at. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, he would yeah. often go hunting for victims after arguing with his mom. So damn, I know. Uh, so in April 1973, Kemper battered his mother to death with a pick hammer while she slept. Mother. He decapitated her, yeah. raped her headless uh. body, and used her head as a dartboard after putting her vocal cords in the garbage disposal. 
But the machine could not break through the tough tissue, and it regurgitated back into the sink. Okay, that's a fun way to put that, I guess. That seemed appropriate, Ed said after his arrest, as much as she'd bitched and screamed and yelled at me over the years. <laughs> Couldn't even shut her trachea down the goddamn garbage. Yep, yeah, so his murderous urges not yet satiated, he then invited his mother's best friend over and killed her too by strangulation. Nice. He then drove eastward, but when guy. no word of his crime hit the radio waves, he became discouraged, stopped the car, called the police, and confessed to being the co-ed killer. Oh, so he gave himself the co-ed he, killer name. Or was no, that, no, that was okay. the media. The media okay. did that, but he confessed to being that person. Oh. He told them what he'd done and but, waited for them to come pick him up, seemingly unashamed as he confessed to necrophilia and cannibalism. Okay, so... Uh, Sex after death and eating the flesh. He confessed to this, but the, there's an interesting little caveat in here. At his trial, he pled, in, he pled insanity, but he was found guilty of eight counts of murder. He asked for the death penalty, but the capital punishment, with, but with capital punishment suspended at that time, he insist, he instead received life imprisonment. Hmm. Okay, so... Uh, the victims so of... He might be alive still. I he is alive. He is alive? As, to the best of my knowledge, he's still alive. So Shit. I'm going to go through a, a quick timeline here, and it's it's kind of interesting. So at 15, on August 27th, 1964, he shot his grandparents. He mm-hmm. was 15 years old. Then nothing happened for eight years. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what was going on. I mean, Stuff well, he was sure. in he was in the mental institution. He was befriending a psychiatrist, you know, and all of that stuff. So he was convicted and he was put away. Something happened. Time. Something happened during that period of time. He had he had to have gained more. He had access to patient files. He probably got some great ideas. So he probably got great ideas. Uh, so, anyways, fuck. He was released and he was let out. So unintended really, consequences. So the many. craziness begins May fifth, nineteen seventy-two, and ends April twenty-first, nineteen seventy-three. Hmm. That's a very short period of yeah. time. So his first killing was Mary Ann Peach, May fifth, nineteen seventy-two, and Anita. Anita Lucchesi, also May 5th, 1972. Two friends. They needed a ride from Stanford. And he picked them up and uh, he shot them. Both. Shot them. Hmm. He shot them. So May 5th, 1972. Now, four months and ten days later, he obviously got in a fight with his mom because he went and he sought out, he was driving around and he found Aiko Koo. September 14th, 1972. This was four months and 10 days after he killed those two girls. Mm. Now, Aiko Koo was only 15 years old, Mm. uh, and she was sitting at a bus stop, and she got impatient. She didn't want to wait for the bus anymore. She was afraid she was going to be late for dance class. Um, Dancing was her passion, and her mom actually did without, so she could afford to put her daughter through dance class. And that's pertinent because Ed Kemper had a disdain for high society California females who he perceived to be high society who he perceived to have a lot of money and a lot of uh, uh, capabilities which she certainly wasn't she certainly was not plus she was younger I had high capabilities for a mom to put that kind of right but as far as I'm talking about financial you know uh, financial trust fund prospects yeah Yeah. so he's pissed off at that but anyways so he killed this girl Um, this one was probably the most uh, brutal or psychologically torturous because he didn't, he kind of flubbed this one. Mm. So he didn't mean it to be that way. No, um, he, he, he ended up getting nervous. So 
you know, he ended up shooting this girl, but after he tied her up and stuff, but he almost locked himself. He did lock himself out of his car, which I find interesting. She was in the back. Uh, he got, she taped herself up um, under the understanding that he wasn't going to kill her. Uh, she got in the back seat. This is him telling the story, too. Mm-hmm. But then he realized once he got out of the car to walk around to get in the other door to do what he's going to do, he was locked out of the car. So he's fishing around in his pants looking for the keys, and this sweet young girl unlocked the car door for oh, him. Oh, fuck me running. Right. Damn it. Trying to be as kind as she can so uh. he doesn't hurt her. And then he was like, well, you know, great. So he got in there, and, and he killed her. God damn. Um, and he actually drove around. <coughs> he drove around with her in the car for a bit. Um damn. So, so I got really in that girl's head for a second. I yeah. was like, four months. Geez. That was four months and 10 days. Now, three months after that and 25 days. So just shy of four months. So we're seeing a pattern here. Uh, he gets Cindy Shaw. Uh, this was a quick kill. Uh, but he basically, it was just moments. He picked her up. She was um, on the side of the road. She was a hitchhiker. Within moments, he had killed her and beheaded her. Oh, whoa. So he, but Damn, the, the that reason, was a weird day for him. Huh? The interesting thing for him, though, is beheading and removing the hands and feet. He did that on purpose so they wouldn't, they'd be more difficult to, to identify. identify yeah. Right. The thing I want to throw in here <clears throat> is that when he killed Cindy Shaw, he was actually going back during this period of time. He had a uh, probation. So he had to go back for psychological analysis. <sighs> So How you been, Ed? Well, the day, pretty good. I am not shitting you. The day he went to go talk to his psychiatrist. Kind of mad at my mom. Cindy's head was in the trunk of his car. Don't like this girl In the Cindy. parking lot. Jesus. When he went to talk to his psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever. And they cleared him. Germans have a word for that. I know they do. And that he came back. That kind of weird irony that's not irony. The weird thing was he came back in these interviews after the fact. He talked about this and he found he was, he felt very empowered having killed this girl, decapitated her, didn't know what to do with her head right away, had an appointment with a psychiatrist to make sure that he was still cleared for probation. <laughs> so he drove into good the parking lot good as new. with the head in the trunk, was cleared, yeah. and was like, what the fuck? Okay. He's like, I can do anything. I can do anything at this point. It was a sense uh, very empowering to him. I bet. So <clears throat> then uh, 28 days later, not even a full month later, he picks up Rosalind Thorpe and Alice Louie. February 5th, 1973. Two more um, hitchhikers. Basically, he killed Rosalind first and then turned around and killed Alice. Shooting um, him too or strangling? Or? That one, I don't have the information sitting here. I'm it sure seems like he was either strangling or shooting. He was either or. Well, and he also bludgeoned with a hammer. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, he picked the two hitchhikers up. He killed them. Now, what made him feel even more... Um, I guess powerful was he drove off the campus because he did this on campus and he drove off campus and had to pass through security. He covered their bodies in the back seat with a blanket. Fuck me, right? And oh, he damn. stopped off at security and he said, "Yeah, they're drunk. Um, I'm gonna take them home." They were dead. Nobody looked at under the blanket. They just took his word for it because he was so charming and convincing. And he took them back to his place and he uh, decapitated them dissected them and uh, got rid of the bodies. But he didn't make a nipple belt. No, like. no, he did not. He didn't stretch the skin to make curtains or anything like right, that. Okay. No, it was a necessity to get rid of the bodies. Um, 
Hmm. from what I understand. So then uh, two months and 16 days later is when it all comes to a head and an end. Okay. Two months, 16 days later, he's finally sick of his mom's shit. He comes in uh, after, I think he got off work, he was a mechanic, and he came in uh, to chat, well, basically he came home, and his mom said after their fight earlier that day when she saw him and he came home, she said, well, I suppose you want to talk about things now. And he's like, nope, sure don't. She's like, well, fine, I'm going to go to bed. So she went to bed. And he waited for her to be asleep, and then he snuck in her room with a hammer and bludgeoned her to Uh, death uh, while she was sleeping. So I'm hoping she didn't know much uh, as to what was going on. Maybe the first blow knocked her out. It's really hard to say because he decimated her body. He cut off her head and used it as a dartboard, ripped out her vocal cords, stuffed them down the garbage disposal. He fucked Um, her neck, didn't he? Well, isn't that the, the urban lore? The urban lore is that he didn't fuck her neck. He used her her head. Right. He fucked her mouth. It wasn't uh, her neck. But there's but there's stories that he fucked her neck. So it's really hard to say. I'm uh, going to refrain from saying fuck me running because I've known uh, that three four <laughs> times. I don't want to turn this into a drinking game. But fuck me running. I know. I get it. God damn. But uh, the thing here is where I question Ed Kemper was a smart ass. And he was a smart, smart ass. Hmm. He said things for shock value. He did things for shock value. Let's think back to him burying the head in the garden because he thought it was funny. It is kind his, of a funny joke. His, mom's, his mom, mom always wanted someone to look up to her. I mean, that is kind of... I'm, you know what I mean? I mean, it's how could you... No one else could do that other than a serial killer. Right, so it's right. like, okay, well... So he also reacted... Uh, he, he was looking for reaction from people. Um if you read into him a little bit more, he was that's just the way he was overpowering kind of guy and he wanted reaction from people. So he kinda he was kind of a shock factor kind of guy, I mm-hmm. think, in a lot of ways. So when he was arrested and he went into the police department, he admitted to a lot of things that he recanted later. Right. Um, and these things, there's no proof. I I think they found semen on the head but i don't think they found semen in the head Hmm. i think Hmm. i could be wrong um it that's it's a weird thing you know that nuance is important it is did he fuck the head or did he beat off on the head head? it doesn't really matter it's his mother's head but they did find i know but they did find (laughs) the head on a shelf and he was using it for dart practice well that's reasonable and when that wasn't good enough for him he was still he's missing it all the time like i'm trying to get the mouth give me here i gotta pour it all dark the fuck out of it god damn it stop it stop it sorry so then he i was trying to act it out you guys didn't see that but no no he was he was humping the air yeah um so then he calls his mother's best friend with my dick out sorry i'm sorry (laughs) he calls his mother's best friend and invites her over then he strangles her to death and uh leaves her on the bed and that's when he takes off and um you know he it was a couple of days he's constantly listening to the radio to hear if his crime had been discovered Mm -hmm. and it hadn't yet and it was stressing him out so finally he didn't want to wait any longer and i think it had been like four days total when he's calls the police he's like yeah you guys haven't found my victims yet (laughs) <laughs> Out of frustration. I really need to tell you what I did. I want to be famous for yep, this. Yep, All right. Yep. It is time for dipshit file 
meter time. It's a dipshit meter time. Yes. The dipshit meter. All right, it's dipshit meter time. And as you know, if you listen to the first one, if I was clear enough, which I probably wasn't, uh, <laughs> there are two little meters that we do. One is about how dangerous this person was. And mm-hmm. there are four levels of that, and we'll talk about them. And there's a score from zero to five at the end. And there is the notoriety scale as well. So mm-hmm. danger scale, notoriety scale. Notoriety scale has three parts. Before their trial, all the stuff the media did and and the community did, the terror of the community before, Mm -hmm. after the trial, when people learned about all the bullshit that they did, and then the legend that came with it, which includes movies and TV and books and lore and folklore, all that shit. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing now with Mr. Ed Kemper. And we already have two scores for him. Ed Kemper is a naughty boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's not the naughtiest of all boys. He has a 3.5 overall Mm -hmm. as far as the danger scale. And then he has a 3.7 overall as far as the notoriety scale. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get into why that is. So Ed Kemper and his brutality. Brutality. We gave him a 4.25. Four, four, mm-hmm. four and a quarter star. Mm-hmm. Four and a quarter star. <laughs> uh, but very, very bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, brutality is the kind of violence that he brings to yeah. these things. And, and maybe some of the anger behind it, too. I'm yeah. not sure. You guys will have to tell me. <laughs> well, he was he was pretty brutal. Um, he would pick up hitchhikers. He'd drive them around. There was a scare factor in there. Um, and his brutality, he strangled, he shot, and he bludgeoned. And the so reason, violent. Very violent. Yes. And the reason why his score was driven up was because how he ended his killing career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, strangling takes time. Uh, so that was his ongoing thing. When he shot somebody, he's pretty effective. The strangling took time. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes at least, uh, I don't know, anywhere from a minute and a half to three minutes for somebody to die. Um, five, up to five minutes, actually, I think. But it takes a while. Strangling isn't like you see in the movies where you're like, oh, okay, right. I'm dead. It's not like that. It's, you got to do that neck break and move. It's like a the long, Van drawn out thing. Um, <laughs> but what he Hold did... Hold on, I'm not done with it. <laughs> wait, 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 we're not done. This is kickboxing. Kick, pick, kickbox or fans? No. Uh, a few more minutes. What he did to his mother I'm sorry is to all really the what. I don't know that movie. What he did to his mother is really where it closed, <laughs> closed in on that score. I mean, anyone who yeah. bludgeons the person's head, bludgeons them to death, rips out their vocal cords, throws them down the garbage disposal, and then fucks their face. Pissed. Pissed. Yikes. Brutal. Cruelty. Cruelty, despite what we just said about all that shit, the cruelty, mm-hmm. it was, he wasn't, he was a 2.0. Mm-hmm. So that's a little lower than middle the, of the road. And the reason why that came in was because of the one girl that he fucked up on, in my opinion. Uh, there was some fear involved with these hitchhikers that he picked up because they're like, hey, wait a minute, this isn't the direction we're supposed to be going. But he and, didn't feed off that. It mm-hmm. wasn't prolonged. No, he wasn't aiming for that. It was uh, it was just the byproduct of what was going to happen. So mm-hmm. it's not like, yeah, be scared, bitch. Right. It was more, he, he knew it was going to happen because it's just a, the byproduct. But what he did to that young 15-year-old girl because he wasn't thinking straight. He didn't have his shit together, and he locked himself out of the car, and it was prolonged. He had her tape herself up. Um, He had her do these things, you know, and she was hoping that he wasn't going to hurt her if she did what he said because she was young and naive. So that raised it to the two. And it raised it for me. But otherwise, he was just getting it over with so he could... Exactly. Well, like, he bludgeoned his mother to death in in a brutal way, but she was sleeping. 
Right. Right. He didn't want her to, to know. He, he wanted the up, least amount of resistance. He, he walked, didn't want to hear her talk, is what it sounds like. He <laughs> walked up to his grandma and shot her in the head. She didn't even know it was coming. Grandpa right. came through the door. He didn't know it was coming either. Shot him. So he's quite the coward as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He held guns to his... Uh, he held a gun to his kidnapped uh, hitchhikers, and it scared them a bit. But when he shot them, over and done. It was over and done. Right. So and he cool. wasn't the kind of guy with mm-hmm. them. He didn't stab him over and no, it him wasn't. To death after yeah. That. But he did cut him up and shit. Well, and it was an ends to a means. Right. He which is why he wanted to get rid of the body. He yeah. didn't want to get caught, so he cut them up. And it wasn't a satanic ritual. It wasn't no. so he could eat them. It was although all right. he did, he did say he tried it. He did. That's right. He, he did say he tried it. I mean, he's um, halfway there at that point. You're like, well, I butchered the animal. But then he then he re- then he recanted his story. Right. So how much of that is to fuck with people? And that's I don't know. This this guy is an enigma. Well, that's the criminal mind part. Criminal mind. Yeah. So we gave him a four point five on yep. criminal mind. Absolutely. So that's his highest score of anything. Mm-hmm. And we've got one left, of course. But criminal mind. Why? Why is why is he so high? He had a high IQ. He was in the top two or three well, percentile of IQ. His ability to manipulate was off the charts. Anybody who can go into a psych ward after being convicted of murder and make friend the doctor get a goddamn yeah. card that gets you a free McDonald's yeah, and a code to get into the upstairs and uh, access to other patient files and their tests. They're like, here, you hold the gun, Ed, which is what exactly, which yeah. is where, you know, he learned uh, new techniques. He learned words. He learned how to act. Um, yeah. And he did learned how to be a better piece of shit. He did that because of his charm and his intelligence and his ability to manipulate he seemed like a goon to me i saw an interview with him it was like that goonie guy conned all these people yeah that's weird but maybe you know i don't know i mean he seemed like it's probably not this normal guy that people are used to when they're dealing in those hospitals he seemed like a goon to me as well um you know but at the same time how much of that was because he dropped the pretense and he was just like yeah i'm fucked up yeah, that you know, is, I don't. That, I don't need to impress anyone anymore. I got what I wanted. That does a lot for yeah. sure. I got Absolutely. my no, my notoriety yeah. for sure. Depravity. So his depravity. We gave him a three point two five, three and a quarter. Yeah. Despite the fact that there's fucking of heads. Because but he that's why it's so high. Is but it? he. That's why it's so high. Is that one? He incident? only did it one time. Right. His depravity. Uh, he didn't take like a bunch of sexual gratification or pleasure in the dismemberment of bodies. Right. Um, he did it to justify and making it easier to get rid of them. Right. Um, Which takes away the depravity in a lot of ways, even though it's fucking ridiculous to normal folk. Right. Right. Yeah, but the in the serial killer, in the serial killer world, it takes away from the depravity when you're just trying to make it fit in a box. Right. But then, but the fucking of the the mom face hole. That is what head. drove that up. Yeah. Yes. And so. ripping out her vocal cords. I mean, I still can't get past that. <laughs> I mean, he is so. And then the so joke he had at the end. That's fucking, two jokes that he had. He's so it, well. The, and there least. was a lot more in here right, in research. Right. There's a bunch, but he was so sick of hearing her bitch moan, complain, and scream and yell. That he ripped her vocal cords out and ground them up in a garbage disposal. And fucked her mouth. The, the yeah. other thing that like, made those. The, the two up. things that made those noises. It's so insane. Yeah. Ugh. Well, he should I wonder if he knew about how how important lungs are. You Oy. gotta have breath control to really get the breath out. <laughs> to be a yeller, you gotta breathe. This and her from diaphragm. a metal singer guy. And the, and the diaphragm. Yeah. You gotta get the um, diaphragm going. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, on quickly, we'll go on to the notoriety of Mr. Kemper. Notoriety. 
there are three again categories in mm-hmm. this and we give him a 3.7 overall mm-hmm. uh, we give him up two straight 4.0s before the crimes yeah. were discovered he was part of a triad of serial killers right yeah but it no, wasn't no, it wasn't a group it was on accident they but, were unknown to each other but I'm gonna I'm gonna add that in here so, so that area was terrorized at yes. the time and he was part of that Yes. So So, we gave him a four, which is a high level. Yeah. During this period of time, during his murder spree, another serial killer named Herbert Mullen was also active. Mm -hmm. Um, And then additionally, let's see here. We've got uh, three years, preceded three years earlier by multiple murders committed by John Lindley Frazier in that area. So people were already kind of They were already up in arms. We've got to watch our daughters. It wasn't until after the court case... Um, or after the court case got going that they realized, oh, all those people, those weren't Ed's people. Those were somebody else's people. Right. Ed only did these people, so it brought that down a little bit. Um, and their fear was brought down a little until they realized, what the fuck he did? What to his mom's <laughs> exactly. face? And then it just drove it right back up again. <laughs> a, a little boomerang or a little uh, trampoline. What? Oh, we're fine. Oh, my God. He fucked her face. And then the cat head thing. I mean, that's a big time suck kind of meme in the time suck universe. I cat heads on a pot. Is that a Danism or is that? I, I, you know, I think that part of that is a Danism. He did dissect a cat. Okay. Um, when he was younger, he brought a cat in. Uh, I it think didn't it fuck was, its face or neck. Did no, it? I don't think okay. so. Um, he was curious how the cat worked, so he killed it and then made a puppet show with its head. Not that I know of. I mean, no, that's a the only thing you would do. The only thing that I found, maybe I could be wrong, <laughs> but the only thing that I found that was twisted was the weird shit that he did to his sister's dolls. He, oh, I heard about that. Where yeah, was it? He, well, everything from burning them to ripping their heads off to dismembering them, mm. pretty much what he did to his victims, to putting them in weird sexual positions. I think he shit on one. Nice. I mean, it was just... Well, that's depraved. That's depravity, depraved. but that was, you know, how much of that do you just chalk depraved. up as being... Well, that's why mom locked him in the basement, made him sleep right. down there so he wouldn't rape his sisters. Right. Ah, fuck. And, but that's mom's fault, right? According to Ed. She did this to me. Well, she she played her part uh, in probably helping whatever whatever twenty percent of the of. The I want to hear from his nurture. sisters. Yeah. I want to know how bad was Bob. Oh man, you know what I mean. Exactly. There's no excuse for no, that. No, absolutely zero, zero, not. Zero excuse. Yeah, but she's probably a piece, piece of shit too. I'm guessing yeah. she's probably a piece of shit. But that's speculation and being a cunt yeah, on well, my behalf. You know. So overall, and then the legend of Ed Kemper. Like his legend, I think we gave him a three. Well, you know, he's kind of middle of the road. He is, and Dan, I, Dan's helping that. It's raising. <laughs> you know, those kind of things are, are helping when people. And, and he was a BSU test patient, like you know the the uh, patient zero for. He was the very first yeah. behavioral science oh, yeah, unit guy they based exactly. it on. Exactly, I'm thinking BSU, like some college. Boise State somewhere. University, Broncos <laughs> go, go Broncos, Blue Smurf turf. Yeah, well, there's his notoriety and the the uh, urban legend folklore that sort of thing um, has pretty much gone up uh, yeah. as time has gone on. That's why it's higher than and middle of the road. There's so many things that I could bring up here. There's songs and there's all kinds of shit, but the ones that really stood out People is, write um, songs about <laughs> Oh, hell I mean, yeah. yeah. I can uh, you know uh, what? Maybe they'd be interested. I will list this out. Dumb. Just this group. But the first two that I want to mention is he was once quoted in an interview saying, "What do you think now when you see a pretty girl walking down the street?" and then answering himself one side of me says, wow, what an attractive chick. I'd like to talk to her and date her. The other side of me says, I wonder how her head would look on a stick. 
That's the grossest thing I've ever heard. And he fucked his mom in the mouth when she took her head off and did some shit. And I don't like this guy. I think he's a piece of shit. I don't know. Oh uh, my God. There, I wrote a song about him too. I was not prepared for that. I was jealous. So Somebody in, else is writing terrible songs about in, in terrible Brett, subject matter. In Brett Easton Ellis's book, American Psycho, which we're all familiar with that movie, the main character, Patrick Bateman, himself a serial killer, paraphrases the quote when asked about women, although he mistakenly attributes it to Ed Gein. Oh. And Ed Gein never said that. It was fucking Edward Kemper. Well, fucking get that on the trivia. Also, author. Thomas Harris based the character of Buffalo Bill on his book this in in his book The Silence of the Lambs well, in part on Kemper in the book Buffalo Bill was a serial killer who like Kemper had begun his career by impulsively impulsively killing his grandparents as a teenager uh, yeah that is a good little springboard <clears throat> right because it is crazy it's like well we caught him we caught him when he was young we got him and then they're like no nah, we let him out so and I'm, then he did it anyway i'm actually because you are a musical guy you might find this interesting a little bit of music history uh so the berserker song forever from the self-titled album contains samples from ed kemper's testament including as i'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand talking to it or looking at it i'm about to go crazy literally i'm about to go completely flywheel loose and just fall apart jesus okay church of misery song california contains a long testament by kemper also featuring the line as i'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand optimum wound profile also use long segments of te- Kemper's testimony. That's a band. Optimum wound profile. All right, then. In the song Crave, once more including severed headline. American death grind metal band Macabre yeah. wrote a song about Edward Kemper in the 1993 album Sinister Slaughter entitled Edmund Kemper Had a Horrible Temper. Uh, the Ed Kemper Trio took their name from the killer. The band formed in the late 90s in Montgomery, Alabama, releasing three albums on Pinebox Records. System of a Down Song Forever, hmm. also known as Fortress or Outer Space, from the leaked album Toxicity 2, contains lyrics referencing Ed Kemper, Solved It All, He Fooled the Shrinks. The song was later dropped from the released Steal the from the released Steal This album. Nice. Okay? Weird. Crazy. Pioneer, pioneering industrial act Throbbing Gristles song, <laughs> Urge to Kill, performed only once at a 1978 concert details Kemper's crimes. Dr. Octagon, the instrumentalist album, was has Kemper's interview excerpts in the song I'm Destructive. The Discovery Time show Most Evil featured Edmund Kemper in their episode Masterminds. The intro to the song The Glorious Dead by Dr metal death group Gorefest features Ed Edmund Kemper speaking I am a human being and I kill human beings and I did it in my society Kemper is also described as an exotic serial killer compared to Ted Bundy John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer in the black in the novel by Black House by Stephen King and Peter Straub Suicide Girls model Kemper took her name from the serial killer and in closing the 2003 movie Cradle of Fear features a convicted serial killer named Kemper so 
So he's all over the place. He's all over the place. We're feeding this goddamn nonsense. Yes, we are. Uh, the and it's growing. It is because yes. mother. Because it's not dance because right. oh my god. Because he's fucking yeah. Because what the fuck? How do you forget? Once you learn a new idea or something <laughs> depraved like this, uh-huh. how do you ever forget it? How yes. does it ever go away? And how do you ever trust humanity in the same way? Mm-hmm. All right. On the other side of this little noisy thing, we're going to talk about Yakim Kroll. Dipshit number two. All right, so Joachim Kroll also has a dipshit meter score of 3.9 in the danger scale, and then a 2.2 in the notoriety scale, Yeah, and really a very low legend scale. He's a 1.0 in there because he is uh, not well known. Generally, there's there's a legend or a a language barrier, Mm -hmm. so we don't have the same, you know, in Germany, he's certainly well known, Mm -hmm. but uh, his, his fame is growing as well. Right. But, you know, this is all bad fame. But it's still interesting to find out, you know, this interesting character did some of the most depraved things I've heard. Mm-hmm. And I, I did research for this episode of Time Suck, uh, and and you're the one, I think, that yeah. brought me the, this character. Yeah. I'd never heard of him. So a 3.9 is what he ends up being. We'll talk right. about it now, but why don't you tell us the story of this very right. di- bad man? Well, let's see, Joachim George Kroll. Uh, was born April 17th, 1933, and he died July 1st, 1991. Uh, German serial killer and cannibal. He was born the son of a miner in Hindenburg, province of Upper Silesia. Kroll was the last among eight children. He was a weak child and used to wet the bed. His education was poor, only reaching grade three. Uh, later, psychiatrists found that he had an IQ of 76. Ouch. So... Um, and I'm going to paraphrase. I have a lot of stuff written here, but I'm going to do a little bit of paraphrasing. His killing didn't even begin until 1955 after his mother died. I think he waited three weeks. He was intrigued by the animal slaughter around yeah. him. And so he got to try that out. I'm going to paraphrase his early life. So okay. he came from uh, a family of 11 people. Yes. Um, and he was the youngest. Yeah. And they were a poor family. And they, had, they lived in a two-room house. Had a lot of free labor. Well, yeah. not free labor, but well, labor. Well, it, it was a two-room house, you know, 11 people in two rooms. Um, and he was smaller and weaker than everybody else. And so he was mistreated by the family. Mm. Um, again, father was an alcoholic. Again, mom was unfeeling and uncaring and kind of distant. That's just kind of the way things were. Yeah. All the and before four times. all of the, uh, the brothers and sisters, if anything went wrong, they, braved, they blamed it on Yakim. Because it was easier, just blame it on him, blame it on the, you know, the dumb one. And, uh, I mean, his father noticed there was a problem with this kid, so he ended up sending him off to camp, um, and where he basically was uh, exposed to all kinds of crazy shit, where he shouldn't have been. And it was, it was like the Hitler Youth Camp. Yeah, um, yeah. So he was exposed to bad things that he should never have seen again mm-hmm. remember that platform i was talking about well shit got switched on yeah exactly. um so his security was taken away never actually ever instated his self-worth was never even there mm-hmm. and when he reached puberty that preteen teen area teen time where um that power and his sexual awakening happens it happened on a farm mm-hmm. uh during the process of animal slaughter and so that was switched on because mm-hmm. he gained his sexual awakening at the murder and slaughter of animals with the blood and the gore and the screaming. That was one of the lowest points of my research time yeah. at Time Suck was when I started digging into where he was getting off of 
He was getting off on the idea, not the idea, the act of mm-hmm. fucking a pig mm-hmm. while stabbing it yep. and getting off on the screams mm-hmm. of the pig and cows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Everything he, well, he, for I mean, the he, first got, he got caught, I think the first time doing something fucked up yeah. be, on a neighbor's farm, mm-hmm. fucking a pig. Yeah, I but think, he'd, he'd already had, the the, once he opened up. Uh, after he was caught, once he opened up, a lot of stuff came out. Right. Because nobody even knew. No one suspected. No one had any idea. Right. Um, Except so, for that farmer that caught well, him with his dick and his pig stabbing him. But yeah. that wasn't his first time. Right. No, it wasn't. So he had been doing this a while. Sure. He's like, all right, that's the last time. You get to, <laughs> that was my favorite pig. Yeah. So, that was for sale. Uh, so... Of course, you know, he, he gets to this point. He's shy. He doesn't know how to talk to women. Mm-hmm. Um, he gains uh, he his sexual awakening happenings happens on a farm during slaughters. Uh, he has no Which happens for lots of people and doesn't turn into this. Right. But right. But his panel was different. <laughs> right. You know, he's, yeah. he has switches that a lot of us don't have. Right. Um, but there probably were a lot of dudes that had their sexual awakening on a farm and fucked a cow. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe. I'm going to throw that out but there. But that doesn't. Their, their panels. I'm going to bet it. <laughs> no offense to any of you farm folk. I know it's 99 percent. He probably didn't. But, you know, you know somebody that fucked a cow. <gasps> and if you don't, it's probably you. Uh-huh. It's all right. Go ahead. Anyways, info um, at scatcast.com. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, know I lost my train of thought. Some about damn it. Joachim Kroll and his depravity. Yeah, well, basically, I'm, once his mom died, everything changed. Right. Okay. I remember that. So I'm going to go through the list of victims here. His crimes, he began killing in 1955 after his mother died. February 8th, 1955 uh, was his first kill. She was 19. He raped and stabbed her to death. And then uh, her disemboweled body was found in a barn in Luderhausen. Mm. That was February 8th, 1955. June 16th, 1959. Uh, Clara Frieda Tesmer, 24, murdered in the meadow of Rhine. Um, This was the interesting thing about him. Nobody suspected him. A mechanic named Heinrich Ott was arrested for the crime. Mm -hmm. That's right. But then he hanged himself. He committed suicide in jail. So they're like, well, it's closed. No exactly. July 26th, 1959, uh, just a month later, Manuela Knott, 16, raped and strangled in the city park of Essen. This is where he began eating people. Slices of flesh were carved from her buttocks and thighs, the big, fleshy, large meat parts. He was making steaks. Um, 1962, pig, 1962, pig. Barbara Bruder, 12. She was abducted mm. in Burshid and her body was never found. So we don't know what he did to her. That's the the really, really bad part about Joachim Kroll was mm-hmm. it was random, but it was also fucking children all yeah. the time. Uh, yeah. So April 23rd, 1962, Petra Geese, 13, raped and strangled. Yeah. Um, Vincennes Kuhn was arrested and convicted of that crime. Not the real man. June 4th, 1962, Monica Taffel, 12. Killed in Walsam, slices of flesh carved from her buttocks. Walter Quicker was arrested for the crime. He is released, but is driven by neighbors to suicide that that October. August 22nd, 1965, Herman Schmitz and his girlfriend Marion Veen were attacked as they sat in a car in Lover's Lane in Duisburg. Um, 
Kroll's Deuceberg. Kroll's only male Deuce victim City. was killed, but Marion escaped. I'm a 14 year old boy. September 13th, 1966, Ursula Rowling strangled in, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, uh, but was a park. Her boyfriend, Adolf Schickel, committed suicide after being falsely accused of the crime. Adolf Schickel is a name mm-hmm. that should probably be retired <laughs> for sure. December 22nd, 1966, Iona Hark, age five. Raped That's the worst. And drowned in a ditch in Wuppertal. That's the final one, right? July 12th, oh, wait, no, 1969. Oh. Maria Hettingen, 61. He's all over oh, the board. Right, that's right. Raped more. and strangled at Hoekswagen. May 21st, 1970. Judd 13. Strangled walking home from a train station. Peter Shea was arrested and then eventually released. He convinced... He confessed to the crime in 1976 after being hounded by his neighbors. Six years later, he said he didn't when he he didn't do it. Hmm. 1976, Karen Toffer, 10, raped and strangled in board. And then July 3rd, 1976 is the one that got him caught. And that's a little littlest one. right? Marion Ketter, age four. Parts of her body were in the process of being simmered when Kroll was arrested. And also found in the toilet or in the drain. Yeah. So Kroll, I have a, I have a bit more here. Kroll was very peculiar, particular about where he killed, only killing in the same place on a few occasions, years apart. Right. But he just Um, left some bodies. Just let them lay around. One was right by his house. This and the fact that there were a number of other killers operating in the area at the time helped him evade capture. Kroll would surprise his victims and strangle them quickly. Afterward, he would strip the body, have intercourse with it, often masturbating over it again. He would then mutilate and cut off pieces to be eaten later. Upon returning home, he would have intercourse again with the rubber sex doll that he had for that purpose. He had rubber sex dolls that he hung from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so what a in, creepy vibe his apartment would be. Right. July 3rd, 1976, Kroll was arrested for kidnapping and killing a four-year-old girl named Marion Kettner. As police went from home to home, a neighbor approached a policeman and told him that the waste pipe in his apartment had been blocked up, and he had asked his neighbor, Kroll, whether he knew what had been blocking the pipe. Kroll simply replied, guts. Yep. Yep. Up to this, upon this report, the police went up to Kroll's apartment and found the body of the Kettner girl cut up. Some parts were in the fridge. A small hand was cooking in a pan of boiling water, and the entrails were found stuck in the waste pipe. Now, you would think that that's not a very high-level criminal mind, but we gave him a relatively high score, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, he's kind of more, he's higher than middle of the road, Mm -hmm. even though that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot here, but we don't need to go through all that. I will probably put it up on the site, though. Is it um, dipshit meter time? <clears throat> I think it's dipshit meter time, yes. All right, dipshit meter, engage. <laughs> the dipshit meter. All right, so we're back, and we are dipshit metering Mr. Joachim Kroll. Yes. Does he even get a mister? I don't think he gets, I, no. I don't, he gets no official like respectful no title. titles. No title. Yeah. So this douchebag, this dipshit. He's a 3.9 mm-hmm. in our danger scale. He was very dangerous. A four is a monster, and he's basically a monster. Mm-hmm. And and you guys can decide. He might be higher in your categories for this. He's also, like we said at the beginning, a 2.2 in our notoriety scale. Yeah. So let's break it down. Brutality. In brutality, he's very high. Mm-hmm. 4.5. He yes. was not quite a five, but when it comes to the violence of, of how he attacked people and, mm-hmm. and how these murders were executed pretty high. Yeah, it was pretty high. Yeah. But, but not as high as, as others. Well, you know, it seems to me that he was more brutal 
honestly, it was he seemed to be more brutal to the animals than he was to the humans. Right. Um, I think I pushed for that because I think it scarred me a little bit. Well, there was some brutality. Yeah. The animal. Well, uh, to hear it scream like there there was some brutality to the humans too, um, but it wasn't as high as say Joseph Ritzel. You know, so most of the brutality happened afterwards. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which is depravity. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we gave him, maybe that might be too high, but 4.5, that's no, he pretty did, He did some crazy shit, stabbing and strangling. Yeah, because so. he strangled, but that also falls into the cruelty too, because he would strangle and release so they wake up, mm-hmm. and then he could strangle them again. Cruelty. Well, we gave him a 3.75, which is still very high mm-hmm. for his cruelty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about right. Yeah. And then when it came to the criminal mind, this is the interesting part, a three. Yes. So, I mean, he's got a 72, 76 IQ, 72. This is what I found fascinating. So this person who has an extremely low IQ, mm-hmm. um, almost no social skills whatsoever. That's two, two standard deviations below average. Just right. so you guys know, that's 15 um, point, 30 points below average or so. He had a hell of a time keeping any job uh, and supporting himself. He had a very difficult, he didn't communicate because he just couldn't. Um, he, he wouldn't anyways. Right. Um, he had no self-esteem, all this other stuff. Sure. But anyways, for being such a low IQ individual, almost childlike, he did some um, interesting things. He would not dump bodies in the same location. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go back and you listen to his interviews, the police had him reenact his killings in the locations. So first of all, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So in order to get him to confess, he was so good at removing and getting rid of the bodies that they didn't have bodies. These people were just missing. They Mm -hmm. didn't know where they were. So he had to confess to this stuff. He confessed to the four-year-old because they found it. They found the guts. Yes, they found it in the apartment. So when they took him back, they knew by the stuff that was in the apartment there had to be more to this story. Mm-hmm. So in the conversation... Right. It's like, these are there's several belly buttons in here. There's some weird shit What's in here. What's on? with all the women's underwear and shoes yeah. and shit? So basically, in clothing and all kinds of weird things. So he, they got him to confess, but in order to get him to confess, they had to make him feel like he was worth talking to. They actually had to nurture his self-esteem. That's right. And so they there was one policeman in Germany that actually gained his trust and ha- and he opened up to him the way he talked about things were so matter of fact he was a simple-minded guy but he maximized his ability to that's why he gets such a high score in the right criminal right mind. right he didn't he wasn't led by ego okay, um, yeah. he was he was very a simple kind of guy so as he was explaining his what you know his past i don't even know if he really looked at it as crimes per se but as he was explaining these things it was just like talking about what you had for dinner right i Um, went fishing i killed mm -hmm. some people then i went fishing again yeah Yeah. it was a yeah that's it was it was uh from what i understand like chilling to hear some of these stories i bet uh as they came out i I read yeah Mm -hmm. i read a lot of them and i watched a dramatic reenactment of one of them mm-hmm. uh, for a documentary and it was, even that was awful mm-hmm. and it was very sensible it was you know very sanitized depravity so and the last little bit on our dangerous motherfucker mm-hmm. he rated very high in depravity 4.5 mm-hmm. yeah because eating people is mm-hmm. wrong and, and de- 
all of it. I mean, he copious amounts of semen. Yep. Uh, he's the guy. Where I mean, I wrote that in the script. <laughs> he's the copious of amounts of semen guy. Yeah, that was all I could think of. <laughs> it was it's like, well, that's. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but that's. <laughs> it is that, terribly. That statement has lived on within friends and family yeah. since it was stated. <laughs> Copious amounts of semen. Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> he he apparently had uh, just so much. Yeah, just well, so much. Like a more. They thought that many people. This is what threw people off. Yeah. They thought many people were part of these killings because there was so much ejaculate. Well, he would subdue them and rape them and kill them, or subdue them, kill them, and rape them, and then ejaculate on them again, drag them home, ejaculate on them again. And then tear them apart, you know, part them out, ejaculate on the parts, and then go and play with his sex dolls and ejaculate on them. Yakim Kroll, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so he's a 3.9 overall, which is a monster. We're rounding yeah. to the nearest uh, thing. He's a monster. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, oh, I do want to. I do want to add one thing that I forgot to add earlier. Um, he was so simple in his thought processes. That he thought that the police officer cared about him. He mm. thought the police officer was his friend. And he also thought he was being interviewed for a procedure, a medical procedure, that would make him stop doing these things. Not realizing he was incarcerated and going to trial and uh, for a life sentence for murder. He thought he was being interviewed for a medical procedure that was going to fix him. Yikes. Yeah. Easy to trick. But still a high criminal mind right. for what he had. And, uh, and just an anomaly. An yeah. anomaly. Notoriety. And so as far as his notoriety, we gave him 275 for when he was... Two and three quarters for when mm-hmm. he was actually doing the crimes. Right. Uh, because he terrorized the areas that he did those People things. were going missing and they... Little yeah. kids and yeah. you know, just, young, young girls and old yep. ladies and mm-hmm. fuck. And then there was also a two and three quarter stars mm-hmm. for afterwards too, because right. they were people were rightfully appalled. But it didn't get. It took time to discover all the details, though. This wasn't like yeah, it was. Exactly. It wasn't like, hey, you know, we got this guy a week ago, and here's his story. It took a long time for all of this stuff to come out. Right, and that's why the slow burn number is a right. two seven five. Right, and then we gave him a one as far as a legend because he's. No, I mean, as far as just the new besides generation copious of amounts of semen, <laughs> right? he's not known. And and Yakim Kroll's cafe, I think mm-hmm. Dan has that thing. Uh, I'm sure there's podcasts. Last podcast on the left has probably has a right. whole series on it and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I'd never heard of Joaquin Kroll until you told me about him. Mm-hmm. And then I researched him and, and, you know, it was slim pickings finding all the good information mm-hmm. like you can on, on a Jeffrey Dahmer or right. even well, Ed Kemper. It happened in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. So is this the one that you actually had to do the Google Translate? No, those oh. were, that was like the Granny Ripper and oh, that's so, right. uh, yeah. an assassin from Russia. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, there was a few, but mainly, mainly Russia. I'll never forget that, man. That broke me a little. This guy was, was in here though. doing this research. We're side, we're taking a sidestep from this for just a second. Yeah. He's in here doing this research and uh, just digging and he's translating all of these news articles from I think Russian yeah Russian news sources I found all the good websites all the into English papers but then the translation's terrible yeah very bad so then he has to go through and (laughs) you gotta kind of extrapolate what they're trying to say again I think I think that's where your eye twitch came from (laughs) (laughs) my tell now I have a tell now well it was interesting because I was 
after I was done, it's like there's for sure a yeah. little red flag on my account, right? Because I'm all. I mean, Rush is like, what does this fucking? Do? What are you doing <laughs> right. here? And I'm like, I'm on all your cool shit, looking up serial killers. Just you know, never been here. Tell me about your worst person. <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay, red flag. It's really a so, but wonderful. Has got me on a lot of lists. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. Well, since you, yeah, I'm not even gonna go there. Some about the dark web. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, it's a good thing you were honest with your wife about what you're doing. Could you imagine me coming in here to research something <laughs> like? <gasps> Is he uh, ordering a bride from uh, Russia? What the fuck is Mail going on bride? in here? <laughs> oh, shit. It's pretty messed up. Okay, so Joachim Kroll, mm-hmm. he's a 2.2 overall in his notoriety. And okay. That's, and that's where we end up. And that's the end of the dipshit meter session for Joachim Kroll. Right. And now I'll see you on the other side for the monster, the worst of the worst. Which the is a funny. Benchmark. Not... Not a serial killer. Joseph Fritzl. Yeah. We did Albert Fish last time. Exactly. This guy but, also, we'll talk about it. But he's a higher monster than both Kemper Ex- and Kroll by our standard. Right. And it's very strange. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Dipshit number three. The Fritzl case emerged in 2008 when a woman named Elizabeth Fritzl, born April 6th, 1966, told police in the town of Amstetten, Lower Austria, that she had been held captive for 24 years by her father, Joseph Fritzl, who was born April 9th, 1935. Two and a half decades. Yeah. It was, tw- it was, it was 20, 24 years, yeah. Fritzl had assaulted, sexually abused, and raped his daughter repeatedly during her imprisonment inside a concealed area in the cellar of the family home. The abuse resulted in the birth of seven children. Three of them remained in captivity with their mother, one had died just days after birth at the hands of Fritzl, who disposed of his body in the incinerator, and the other three were brought up by Fritzl and his wife, Rosemarie, having been reported as foundlings. Fritzl was arrested That's a on... damn sus- Mandalorian. <laughs> Fritzl was arrested on suspicion of rape, false imprisonment, manslaughter by negligence, and incest. In March 2009, he pled guilty on all counts and was sentenced to life imprisonment. Uh, See here, Joseph Fritzl, I'm going to paraphrase. He was born April 1935. Uh, At 21, he married 17-year-old Rose Marie, who was born in 1939, with whom he had three sons and four daughters, including including Elizabeth, who was born in 1966. Fritzl reportedly began sexually abusing Elizabeth in 1977 when she was 11. So after completing uh, her... She's the most unlucky woman. (laughs) After completing her education at the age of 15, Elizabeth started a course to become a waitress. In January 1983, she ran away from home and went into hiding in Vienna with a friend from work. She was found by police within three weeks and returned to her parents in Amstetten. So that is our intro. So Joseph Fritzl... We're going to go through a little bit here. Joseph Ritzel was uh, born in during, he was born and raised during the time of the war, basically. Um, he was raised by, again, um, a standard parent of that time, I think, a very distant, uh, not soft, not very uh, loving mother, I mm. guess. Um, and 
father. Kids died young <clears throat> back then. You know, you mm-hmm. didn't know if you got all, got to keep all of them kind of thing. Well, Until recently. They're like, well, wash your hands. <laughs> wash your fucking hands. Well, and Fritzl's own words was that his mother uh, would take her frustrations out on him and she beat him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't kind in any way. So once he... He he was a smart child, uh, but once he was he grew up, he basically took on the um, overbearing attitude of his own mom, and he married uh, his he married his wife. And it's the interesting thing is the town that they lived in. They were married forever, and the town that they lived in, and they had their children in Amstetten. He was friends with all the neighbors. Uh, he was liked by the police. He was an electrical engineer. Yeah, he was an engineer. Mm-hmm. So he was but he also member of community. Also whatever. made really good money on real estate. Which he was, afforded him his ability to build this fucking mm-hmm. prison underneath his house. And, and so, he, yeah, made friends with the politicians. So he was well-liked. And he was known to, when he went around town, he was very friendly. He said hi to everybody. And how, he knew how to, to act. <clears throat> A lot of sociopaths mm-hmm. and psychopaths mm-hmm. know how to act. When he got home, though, everything changed. So as uh, after this case broke and people began talking and there were interviews, they found out that the children weren't allowed to be children at all. The man was a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Um, he beat his wife. Uh, when she was pregnant, he um, broke her leg or something. And she would never tell anybody. She only told her mom. And her mom told her sister. And her sister's the one that told the, uh, you know, the, the police. Right. During this period of time while he was married, early in his marriage, about 12 years in, um, I think it started around year eight, he had problems with control and abuse and with sex. So he began peeping in windows and uh, he became a peeping Tom. He began... Um, <clears throat> following people around. There are many in parks. Many time sucked mm-hmm. uh, serial killers that have that began same that backstory. way. Right. So he began following people around in the park and masturbating behind trees. Um, then it's not a good sign if you've been up to that. If you're in the trees in the park <laughs> beating off more than a couple of times a week, you're in danger. Couple you times to, a week. You need to go check yourself into some place because that's so that's too many times. Once a week at the most. Twelve years into their marriage, he committed. Rape. He found a woman. He 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 subdued her. He raped her in the park, and he realized in that moment he is a sexual predator. He enjoys rape, and he didn't want to become a rapist. So he thought he would resolve his issue because the daughter he'd been molesting since she was eleven. He planned on never letting her leave. He began with his. notoriety in town and all the people that he knew and the money that he had and the education as being an electrical engineer he began building in his basement and of course this is at the end of the cold war uh, in germany Um, and so he decided to build a bomb shelter which wasn't unheard of so he got the permits and he started building on however so people didn't get curious about what he was doing and questioning he also built things like a swimming pool deck and a new fence and maybe an add-on to the living room while he was doing the basement. So there was never any weirdness about yeah, where the supplies going. Evil. He spent six, I believe six years building this bomb shelter. It had two bedrooms, a bathroom, uh, a locking system. Um, you name it, it had it. Now, it wasn't the best. No. I've seen pictures of it. It seemed like 
a squalor. Well, the the ceilings were only never had light, really. Never light. Never natural light. Never. No, there wasn't any. There was no opening. There was no windows. The air was stupid too, wasn't it? He had an air intake and output that went through. I think the roof of the house. But it was not, uh, it wasn't adequate. It wasn't up to code, because nah. nobody was checking that shit. So basically, in a nutshell, he built this bunker. And then when Elizabeth was 18, instead of allowing her to leave... Um, they made up a story, right? She went to college, or she ran oh, away from no, home, no, or no, something. No. Or she, she died, or something. No, she, he kidnapped her and threw her in the basement. Right. But the story, the next day, he uh, filed a report saying that she had disappeared. A right. missing persons report. Right. Okay, that's what it was. Um, and I, I can't even remember if I did the research for this one on, on it was Time a, Suck or not. Yeah, it I was can't a, remember. I did so many of them. It was a missing persons report that he filed with the police. Um, and the police spent the next year looking for her. But during this period of time, earlier in, I think it was a week or two after she was reported missing, Joseph had gone down secretly and had his daughter write a letter that said, I've left. I've joined a cult. I'm not coming back. I'm fine. Don't look for me. That's right. Yeah. And signed it. And it was her writing. So then it was submitted. He gave it. The mom found it. The mom read it. The mom never believed it to be true. And neither did anyone else in the family. They thought something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the police didn't believe it either because it didn't follow her pattern of personality. But it was in her handwriting. But it was in her handwriting. Yeah. So after a year, they closed the case and gave up on it. Yeah. Now, 24 years go by. During this period of time, weird things have transpired. So many weird things. He's locked Elizabeth in the basement, and seven years after being locked in, she gets pregnant and has her first child. She, I think it was seven years. She eventually goes to have seven children as products of violent rape with her father, mm-hmm. from her father. Um, the man was so brutal, she never saw a physician. She went in there a virgin, well, aside from being with her father. Right. Um, she, when it was time to give birth to her baby, uh, he th- gave her a book and said, here you go. This is, you know, read this. So she gave birth to her child. Oh. Um, one of the pregnancies resulted in a twin's birth. Uh, she had to give birth to twins alone in a basement while taking care of other very young children and one of those twins died Uh, she did her best to save her baby because it was having respiratory and breathing issues and uh, she when her dad went down there uh, it died a day after six days after it was born she begged that he would take the baby and help it and he said no it's too weak it won't survive Ah. so he let the baby die and then he took the baby from her once it did die and threw it in the incinerator and just burned it um her children were never saw the light of day uh the ones that she kept there they still don't know why he took some of the kids and so what he would do is he'd go down there they were probably loud i don't know exactly but he took the kids uh some of them and made up stories and pretended like elizabeth who had ran away and disappeared left he pretended like and he made her write these letters that she dropped her kids off saying i can't take care of them on the porch of her parents house here's my child please take care of it for me and so joseph and his wife adopted these children as their own 
as their grandchildren. On the upstairs. On the upstairs family, yes. Yeah. And they went to school and they got to go outside and, and he'd go down there and he'd tell them stories about, yeah, well, your brother had ice cream today and you, I took your brother and your sister to the park. Um, and these children have never even seen outside. Right. He took a bird down there, uh, like a sparrow, um, to show them what a bird was thinking that he was being all nice and kind and everything. Um, that, t- to me, is torturous. Absolutely. Let him go outside. They got to see TV, I think, was they the, had a their t- only experience of the outside world. They had a TV. TV and a radio, yes. So we're going to fast forward a little bit here. Um, so after all of this, in uh, 2008, I believe, right here, yeah, Janu- uh, April 19th, 2008, uh, Fritzel agreed to seek medical attention after Kirsten, Elizabeth el- Elizabeth's eldest daughter, fell unconscious. Elizabeth helped him carry Kirsten out of the chamber and saw the outside world for the first time in 24 years. He forced her to return to the chamber where she remained for a final week. Kirsten was taken by ambulance to a local hospital and was admitted in serious condition with life-threatening kidney failure. Fritzel later arrived at the hospital claiming to have found a note written by Kirsten's mother. He discussed Kirsten's condition and the note with the doctor. Uh, Medical staff found aspects of Fritzel's story puzzling and alerted the police on the 21st of April. The police broadcast an appeal to public media for the missing mother to come forward and provide information about Kirsten's medical history. The thing the doctors found interesting was... Uh, she was suffering from symptoms of a genetic disorder, but they didn't know what it was. Because she'd never been to any doctor in her no. life. No. The, the f- interesting thing why the police really jumped on this was they couldn't find any record of her. She didn't have a social uh, mm-hmm. security number, no medical records at all. There's no records of this. Oh, they're, it, gonna, they're really going to hate it when they do a genetics test and they're like, oh, God. Well, they, oh, no. they did. Um, they... Elizabeth finally went it's in. All for it's all. I think it was six days later, and she, the daughter, was in a coma at this point. And Elizabeth did show up. Um, Fritzel allowed her out of her dungeon again, and the police found it really interesting because this woman, who should have been forty, forty-two, somewhere in there, looked like she was sixty. Uh, she looked way older than she should have been. She was pale, almost translucent skin. No um, vitamin D at all, I'm sure. For 24 years. Yeah, that's got zero. That can't be good for you. Right. With amongst all the other <clears> things <throat> that you get. And, but they found it interesting, too, because Kirsten, her daughter, was the same. Very translucent, very like pale. The mold people. Mm-hmm. What the fuck's going on here? So they took, and they, uh, they took both Joseph and Elizabeth in for questioning to find out what was really going on. The police or the, the doctors? The police did. Police, yeah. And the doctors uh, were still running tests trying to save Kirsten. And uh, it took five hours before Elizabeth opened up because they were accusing her of joining a cult and keeping her daughter held hostage. And, and finally she opened up, and the story that she told blew their fucking blew heads out yeah. their minds yeah. so joseph did uh once she did tell the story of it, of being abducted and being uh, imprisoned and raped for 24 years uh, and the children and uh they the went back downstairs home. children and upstairs children uh the police investigated they found all of the this evidence, stuff the all children. the evidence yes and uh 
he ended up having to confess to all of this. And the thing that I find interesting, um, one of the things that I find really interesting is we're going to go back to Fritzl's wife. This woman stood by his side the whole time. Mm-hmm. When he raped that woman, he ended up serving time for that. And she would be very months, aware of that. She knew. She was aware. She knew he was <coughs> incarcerated because of sexual assault right. for 18 months. She, so she's not the unluckiest. She kind of she had to aid, do some mental she gymnastics. She aided him least. in all of this. I think so. I think so. She had to have known. She had to have. Although, um, when he was convicted uh, and incarcerated for 18 months for sexual assault, she told the family that he had gone on some uh, work-related getaway for his career and he was going to school or something. So she made these excuses. Mm. Um, And there was also a, a gentleman that had lived with them like a boarder in their house while all of this was going on in the basement and he never knew. Wow. So it is kind of interesting. Uh, Joseph hit it very well. So there's but, a lot to the story that probably hasn't come out yet. Well, it may never come it out. It may never come out. I don't know. I just, there's a lot that I didn't even touch on. You know, we don't need to go into all that detail. If you right. want detail, listen to a deep dive podcast somewhere. Yep. They'll really tell you all of that. But in a nutshell, he was convicted uh, and, and condemned to a life sentence. And we're giving this guy more more of a monstrous status mm-hmm. than the other two who did kill many mm-hmm. people combined. Joseph Fritzl never killed anybody. No. He was found uh, guilty of um, negligence and which resulted in death instead for that, of for, for that, that baby. baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he still has a very high score. Yeah. Uh, in one area and a very, very, very low score in mm-hmm. another area. So we're going to talk about that on the other side of this noisy thing. The dipshit meter. And we're back and we're going to grade hey, Joseph hey. Fritzl mm-hmm. and the dipshit meter, the two categories, mm-hmm. the danger meter, the danger scale and the notoriety scale. Yes. So let's begin with brutality. We gave him a 2.5 in the brutality scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean... He was brutal. Mm-hmm. That's, oh. that's middle of the road, basically. Well, he he I wasn't a killer. I didn't, call, so I didn't go through all the detail, but he beat with objects. He beat his daughter. He beat his wife. And rape by itself. And that act is brutality. Well, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just rape. I mean, right. it was uh, the, the beatings and it was violent rape because he was a self-proclaimed rapist mm-hmm. and he needed to satisfy those urges of power and violence so he decided instead of doing it to the public he would just have his own little his daughter deserved it for some fucking reason yeah his dumb brain did right so he gets a 2.5 because he's not a killer but what he did to his family yeah was brutal one daughter in particular was absolutely brutal and gets him to be into this he's in the league of serial killers Mm -hmm. because of this so but still a Mm 2.5 then he has two straight fives cruelty when it comes to cruelty, uh, what could fucking be more cruel besides killing someone? But well, locking cruel, your cruelty is an extended torture, and that's, this was, and that's just yeah. it. He locked his daughter in a basement and raped her consistently for twenty-four years. He beat her and abused her, but then on top of that, when she had his children, his grandchildren, 
and who are also his own offspring. Uh. He would tell them stories to keep them quiet. He would tell them that um, if you try and escape, I will gas you and you'll die in this place. Uh, if you try to escape, uh, the, the doors are rigged with electricity and I, it, you'll get electrocuted. This is what the public fears when people of, of wealth, and mm-hmm. he wasn't even that wealthy. He was just, you know, he was, he was, pretty he was well upper off. class. Mm-hmm. He was maybe he wasn't, upper middle class. He wasn't like super, super rich, but exactly. he, was, he was very comfortable. Right. Uh, but when, when you're wealthy and smart... And sadistic as fuck. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, those things, I mean, everybody fears that. So, Joseph Fritzl, as far as cruelty of five, as far as criminal mind, what could be higher? Criminal mind. Than a right. guy that fucking planned like that. Years. He planned when his, kid, when his daughter was, before she was a teenager. Right. Well, he started raping her at 11. But then started building the and rape then dungeon he started, for... Yeah, for, at that period of time. That's... That's a five plus. That, mm-hmm. There's nothing higher than that. I don't think you could possibly do. And we'll find someone. And that's another reason why he's on this list. Depravity. And then for depravity. Depravity. Mm-hmm. Depravity. 3.75. Mm-hmm. And we have a little asterisk by that too. It's because he didn't. He, he was depraved, but he was but he not. Didn't kill. He didn't kill anybody. His depravity came from his um, sadistic nature. He was a rapist. He, he inflicted pain. For the sheer joy of inflicting pain. He liked, he gained gratification from seeing fear and uh, submission from his victim. And probably a a little bit about getting away with all this shit too. Uh Knowing that, you know, up here's my nice house and Mm -hmm. everybody thinks I'm great. And down here I'm the fucking devil. Yeah. And I am, and I know I'm the devil. Yeah. Uh, he was he was depraved, yeah. uh, and if I'd like to touch back a little bit on on the other two that we had spoken about before, the depravity with this guy, the joy and satisfaction he gained from the pain that he caused, is above and beyond the joy and the satisfaction that the other two gained from the pain that they caused. Gross. Edward Kemper gained satisfaction from the pain that he caused only when he ripped his mom's throat out. Right. The, the rest end. of it, it was, ju- it was trying to cover things up. Joseph Fritzl, I mean, um, Joachim Kroll was Kroll. really high. He was a 4.5 right. in depravity, but it was because he was eating people. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, it's not because he gained power and pleasure from inflicting pain. Unlike Joseph Fritzl. Right. It was the copious amounts of semen, semen everywhere. <laughs> 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 so overall, mm-hmm. with that, that his danger to society still is a four point one, mm-hmm. still higher than a Yakim Kroll, amazingly, yeah, still higher than an Ed Kemper, amazingly, because of the kind of level of calculation and the kind of level of cruelty. Mm-hmm. So that's what we came up with. You can right. call us ridiculous if you'd like. That's fine, but uh, I don't think so. Four point one. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, you roll the dice and you're born into that family. That's the most dangerous human on yep. the earth, obviously. Yeah, but many of us been through. Weird shit like that. But then the the direct opposite is is happened. Notoriety. He's a 0.9. So he's, mm-hmm. he's not even a full one on our scale of 0 to 5 in his notoriety. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that that story is... Uh, Nobody fucking knew. Language barrier once again. Well, partly... Well, okay, as the, as no, the time was happening, is, it was because he kept it secret. It, it very was cleverly. such a secret yeah. that it was right underneath everyone's noses so and got feet. So zero. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's so yeah. low. Yep. No one knew shit until somebody was dying and Elizabeth basically threatened, 
you are going to be uh, culpable for murder right. if you don't do something about this. So after the trial, it's still only a 275 because of the way, maybe the culture. Uh, it was a family kind of thing mm-hmm. is what you were telling me. Right. Well, as far as what I was talking about when we were discussing that is the uh, danger to the public. You know, because we were talking about fear. So fear before the trial. Right. Fear after the trial. Yes. Um, it wasn't very high because it it never was it was never going to touch the public because this was a family thing. Yeah. Um, and Joseph resolved his own issue in a really weird way because he knew he was going to become a, a serial rapist. And potentially, maybe even eventually a serial killer. Mm -hmm. So he didn't want to face that. So he decided to do this. This was his resolution. So it never escaped the home and it never touched anyone, even the neighbors. What a God complex to to decide, I'm going to, well, I'll I'll save society by terrorizing this one child and her children. Exactly, exactly. So he was never, because of his resolution, he was never a danger to the public. Mm. Um... And although they were completely horrified by the details, right. completely, the whole town. And that's why the 275. Mm-hmm. But then as far as the legend, I mean, and this is generous as a one. Because mm-hmm. in Germany, certainly. And yes. I think most of Europe kind of got the message. Yeah. Just like the Russian stuff, it gets to Europe eventually. Right. But it didn't really. And it made it to, you know, the news here, but it was touched on and then moved on because mm-hmm. it was so far away and so far removed. Yeah, it was another one. I don't mm-hmm. know what, I, how, what role I played in the research of this, probably initial research mm-hmm. or something. There wasn't like a, a ton of details. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a ton of books, I don't believe. I think there was one good book as well, far as Well, there usually resources. is. Yeah. Yeah, there's usually one really good source. And then four source. or five crap ones. Right. You know, that right. were like written as papers and then someone published them because why not? Yeah. But uh, so a 1.0 as far as the legend. There's no movies. There's mm-hmm. no books really. <clears> not yet. No but, you know, this didn't come out until 2008. So true it's, and there was another one there's an american version i i, I won't remember any of the was. details but it was like texas or, mm-hmm. or somewhere around there and it was almost the same fucking story yeah it was just insane and it's like god damn i think I that was in many. that one was in 2012 i think and i remember growing up watching like unsolved mysteries or yeah. something and people another person had done similar things where they had a sex slave in a box or some mm-hmm. shit uh so that's joseph fritzel mm-hmm. with a point oh nine for the his uh, notoriety. Mm-hmm. So 4.1.09. Dipshit Files Conclusions. So we talked about Ed Kemper, we mm-hmm. talked about Joachim Kroll, and we talked about Josef Fritzl. Yes. Fritz Whistle, as Dan liked to call him. <laughs> and, and now we're going to make a comparison with the three? Well, just look at it. The yeah. Ed Kemper was a 3.5 as mm-hmm. far as da- his danger to society. Right. Uh, Joachim Kroll was a 3.9, which we consider monster. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Kemper was, was evil. Mm-hmm. And if you rounded to the nearest monster, 3.5, he'd be a monster. Right. And Joseph Fritzl, without killing really anyone, mm-hmm. being part of manslaughter in one case, uh, 4.1. Mm-hmm. Still beat out a guy that killed children. Mm-hmm. But that's just how evil and how smart evil he was. Right. And, and then when it came down to uh, the, the notoriety, really Ed Kemper is the only one that's even really known. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joachim Kroll, never heard of him. You know, most people right. have never heard of him. Right. Uh, Joseph Fritzl, even less. Mm-hmm. Even though his, his story has gotten out thanks mm-hmm. to podcasts. Uh, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. But, <laughs> I mean, that's that's our presentation for yes. you guys as far as our silly things. 
Yes, absolutely. And so, and we'll put those numbers up on the on the website. Yep. And on the socials, so you can see. And again, we encourage you guys to give us your ratings. Yeah. How brutal? How cruel? Mm-hmm. How you know what kind of mind and uh, what kind of depravity? That's what you get. That's and then zero to five, divide them up by four. Yep. So we're Let talking about yeah brutality, uh, cruelty, criminal mind, and depravity. Yes. Um, so the brutality is is uh, what has happened during the crime itself. Yeah, and how brutal it is. Yeah. You know, cutting off faces would be a five. Right. A zero would be poisoning someone. Cruelty is the torture that happens prior to the killing. Yep. Uh, or reviving after right. you killed someone. Mm-hmm. That's criminal mind a is five. how well planned out was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, their killing and their their practices and how well they covered their tracks. Joseph Fritzl mm-hmm. is the expert on that one. And the depravity. How depraved were their actions? At the highest level is Albert Fish. Yeah. You know, Albert Fish is your example for f- <laughs> three of the four of those. Right. 75% Ooh. of those. And he's pretty high <laughs> on the other one, too. So that's uh, crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed yes, thank our you. version of, of uh, Murder Porn Podcast. Death Murder Porn. One eight seven. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed what we do yes. and what we're how we're looking at this. Dumb. Uh, gives us a little bit of an information database to mm-hmm. look at these people and kind of say, all right, well, now that we have all this information, we've deep dove mm-hmm. into all these people. Who's the worst? Right, right. Who, what's the model of the worst? And so far, once again, Albert Fish. Once again. But I would say we have a leaderboard in one category. I would say Joseph Fritzl mm-hmm. is probably criminal mind. And cruelty. And cruelty. Yeah. Is going to be tough to beat. But cruelty, uh, Albert Fish is... <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot. It's tough. <laughs> and, and we'll get there, though. We'll mm-hmm. see. You guys see what we're doing here. We want to mm-hmm. kind of build a, a, a database mm-hmm. and see what happens and see right. what we can understand about this. And, and going forward, uh, not all episodes are going to be about serial killers. We're no. going to we're going to cover some historical figures, yeah. some tyrants. Uh, and we have gonna, a whole different scale for some of the paranormal stuff. Yeah, we got paranormal X Files. What we're going to call the dipshit files. That's dipshit. where I came from. That's right. Uh, and you know, and the UFOs and cryptids and just mm-hmm. weird. Fun shit there. We're going to want to cleanse the palate between <laughs> yeah. some of these shows because we've just done back-to-back serial killers. Yeah, and that's hard. And it is hard. But we wanted to show you guys what the, the scales were going to be, right. the dipshit meter scales right. and all that good stuff. And if you are interested in supporting what we do, we do have a Patreon. It's uh, You can go to SCATCAST, S-K-A-T-C-A-S-T, SCATCAST.com is our website. Sign up, become a SCATCAT yep. or an inside scooper. And you'll uh, not only have access to behind-the-scenes stuff from here, from the dipshit files, but also from Scatcast and David Angus, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be an inside scooper with the, in the litter box. So you get all kinds of stuff there, yep. including a free, <clears throat> well, free. You get a you get an exclusive mm-hmm. uh, podcast called the Inside Scooper. Absolutely, and, and then you know we're going to have specials. Uh, with this to the dipshit files yeah. in there as well. We'll have some shorts. We've already yep. got a whole bunch of plans, you guys. So yeah. it should be a lot of fun. But thank you for being part of this experiment because again, we're trying it's to figure fun. out. We're trying to figure out who's you know what who did the worst with the media. Mm-hmm. I'd say in this case, I mean, really there wasn't a whole lot of that in in this case. Uh, Ed Kemper mm-hmm. got a lot of media attention and yeah, well, and Ed Kemper kind of manipulated the media actually, too yeah. and so said stuff a, that he didn't do and then. Or or that, or he was honest and then went back and recanted. Right. It, it's hard to he say. He confused the fuck out of us, and, yeah. and we ran with it. Yeah. Because he was still like a 3.7, which is pretty high. Yeah. So, but, all right. So, we'll see you guys next time. Yes, we will. I think it'll be interesting, and we'll probably bring a different kind of 
detail to you guys. Yes, we will. So we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like a present. Bye. Bye. Bing bong. bong.